Welcome to Authentico. This is Gabriela. And Junior. Back to the drawing board. This podcast is created with you in mind, the Latino professional and business owner determined to succeed. Por eso conversamos en dos idiomas and discuss a wide range of topics. As diverse as our audience and provide you with tools and resources. Esperemos que les guste. Hola y bienvenidos. Estamos aquí nuevamente en Auténtico Podcast. Soy Gabriela Ramírez Arellano y aquí tenemos esta noche unos invitados muy especiales con los que Hola, estamos eh, con los que estamos compartiendo el live Facebook. Um, yes, we're really excited to be here with you today. My name is Gabriela and of course we've got Junior here. Junior, how are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, so I decided to switch the word from excited. You know, como ustedes saben, I used to use excitado antes, which I realized that it's not the same thing, so forgive my Spanglish. Yo estoy fantastic ahora mismo. Qué bueno, qué yeah. bueno. So today we have two awesome guests. We're talking about transformation. Are we simply the sum of our experiences, or can we change our own path? And I'm going to let both of them introduce themselves, and then we can talk a little bit about their story and their thoughts on transformation, because van a ver que estos dos invitados tienen mucha información que compartir, mucha experiencia, and I'll let them go. Alejandra, ¿quieres empezar? Oh, man. <laughs> Hot spot. So, um, okay, so my name is Alex Johnson. Me llamo Alejandra Johnson. Y soy de aquí, nací aquí en San Luis, Missouri. Mi mamá es mexicana, mi papá eh, de Minnesota, primera generación sueco y alemán. Um, y entonces um, se conocieron aquí mis papás, tuvieron uh, cuatro hijas. They had four daughters, I'm the youngest. Um, I'm an attorney, soy abogada y madre. Um, soy esposa, obviamente, bueno, no obviamente, pero en mi vida, sí. Um, y pues qué más te puedo decir mucha mucha transformación en todos esos en, todo en todas eso? esas partes de mi vida there was a lot of transformation um, being a mother and a wife and, and an attorney so awesome and what about you Alejandro so yes mi nombre es Alejandro Cornejo and this is cool that we do the Spanglish thing this is my speech yeah una palabra no tú sabes tú sabes so yes Alejandro Cornejo I'm originally from El Salvador So, uh, so my mom and my father is Salvadorian, <laughs> and my mom is listening and watching. So, hi, mom. <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> uh, but uh, have an extreme amount of passion for a personal development and leadership development. I work at Emerson as a leadership development trainer, and for me, uh, about 19 years ago, I, I saw someone, uh, and that that express some ideas that for me were new, and that was really the catalyst for what I do now. But my mission is to positively impact people through inspiration and motivation, and, and as we were talking, it's being able to communicate a lot of the concepts that we'll talk about today. All right, awesome. And I know that your professional career at Emerson, so you're a career person, but I also feel that you're also kind of like in the small business world with the professional development because you are doing so many things. And the same with you, Alexandra. Um, so being an, an attorney is your career, mm -hmm. but you have your own business. Right. So right. you're and seeing your own clients. Things. You get to decide, mm -hmm. but you're kind of uh, uh, straddling, straddling mm -hmm. two different worlds sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so how do those come together for both of you? I'll let you go first, Oh uh, Well, I think for me, the way that, that I live my life, 
And, and I would say that it's, it's, it's como parte de ser inmigrante, es que cuando, cuando venimos a los Estados Unidos, es la mentalidad de hacer algo. And, and, and do it well. I mean, that's what my mom was very, very keen on, is, is whatever you do, do it very well. But we're working, but we always think of this, that we have this business. I, and I, I talk to a lot of immigrants, and it's like, well, you got to have your own business. So you may be working somewhere. So I think the mind is that you're kind of an entrepreneur. So for me, it's been able to take a lot of the concepts that I've learned in corporate America, but then being able to share them, or in what I've learned on my own, but be able to share them also with the community. And that's why I have a lot of involvement within the Hispanic Chamber, the Hispanic Leadership Institute specifically, because as we were talking, I believe that access to that information and role models and people that can train you and show you those things is one of the, one of the key components as far as getting this knowledge implemented within our community. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's, in a sense, the entrepreneurial piece that I have, that, where I straddle that line. Right. And to piggyback on what you just said, that role modeling, um, I, when I was thinking about what I might want to say during today's podcast, for me, much of my transformation has resulted from finding a role model who does what I want to do better than I'm doing it. Um, I, I find it really useful to not you know, like if I want to start exercising more, not pick a marathoner necessarily, so, you know, somebody who's like doing 50 miles and whatever, um, you know, but actually, Gabriela, you would yeah, try no, like, you know, like, like, oh my God, man, she's going to the gym again, <laughs> you know, like, I better go too, you know, and um, so that kind of role model of uh, really finding people, and sometimes it's in the unlikeliest places, so really remaining, trying to remain open to that, no matter how busy you get, um, it could be somebody you're sitting next to uh, on a bus or at a conference and, and having these conversations sometimes that last a minute, like just a few words are exchanged or sometimes, you know, you're on a plane for three hours. It could be a lengthier conversation um, or it's a relationship for your whole life, right? But having modeling, um, uh, identifying yourself what you want to change and picking the role mm. model um, that will that's close enough ahead of you, but close enough where you can actually achieve and move in that direction. I think that's part of that. And and to loop it back to your question about the um, being an attorney and a business person, one of the things that I think um, is is imperative as an attorney for me. Um, I, I know that a lot of my colleagues, you know, may not feel this way, but I could never have been an attorney in a large corporation taking money from the elderly folks' retirement plans. That I would have lost my job within 30 days because I would have been a whistleblower, calling the FCC, you know, like, oh my God, you gotta know what they're doing here, you know. Um, I wouldn't have done that. And, and when I looked around, um, uh, you know, in different phases of my career, and in this most recent one, I was like, the ones that have the independence, um, the flexibility of scheduling. I, I am a mom. I am a daughter, uh, helping take care a little bit of care of my mom. Uh, the bulk of that credit goes to my sisters. Um, but uh, having that flexibility and that independence is something that, as an attorney, was critical to me because I do believe that as attorneys we are architects uh, of society in many ways. We are planners and designers um, of what society becomes often. Uh, and, and what becomes reality. We make other people. You want to start a business, you want to do this, you want to make sure your children are taken care of, odds are at some point you're going to talk to an attorney. And so I just think it's really critical to make sure you're doing what you believe is right with your work. Um, 
and as I said, I know that that is not true for, you know, there's so many lawyer jokes <laughs> that you could insert here. Yeah, but. but I think that that goes for any any career, career you choose, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Eso es, el, hablamos de elegir nuestro propio camino, right? Uh -huh. I mean, yo estaba trabajando con una compañía que vende um, uh, cosas de veganas. Pero ella no quiere vendérselo a cualquier persona porque después de que el producto deje sus manos, ¿cómo lo van a usar esas personas? Entonces ella prefiere no ganar más dinero y controlar el producto, pero eso es parte del camino que ella quiere decidir, ¿no? So, I mean, I feel like it, it, all of us choose our own path that way. Um, well, well, we all choose a path. It might right. not be the right. one, you know what I'm saying? We, if, if I'm okay with the FCC stuff that you said, well, mm -hmm. that would be the path I would have chosen, right. which is different mm -hmm. than the path that you're thinking about. Right, right. Absolutely. So it makes sense. Um, Junior, ¿tú qué dices? Andas bien calladito. Bueno, estoy calladito porque estoy absorbiendo todo lo que están diciendo, ¿no? But, I mean, this is Buena a... respuesta. <laughs> <laughs> bueno, like, ustedes ya mencionaron paths, which I feel like is a great segue into really like one of the main things that we want to talk about, you know, which is like, gosh, like how do people pick their paths? You know, how do they choose? Do they have a choice in your opinion, you know, or is destiny, like do you believe that destiny defines, you know, where someone ends up in life, you know? And I feel like we're talking to two very, very special people who can actually give us a lot of information about that topic. You know, Alejandra, you, for example, traveling the world, you know, because you actually have had the privilege, as you mentioned mm -hmm. uh, in some of the information that you sent us, in studying in your mother's hometown. Mm -hmm. But then you did a whole 180 and went across the pond into Europe, too. You know, Alejandro, tú estás bastante envuelto, perdón, in leadership development, you know. But I, I feel that more than that, uh, you're involved in really learning from people, learning about people's stories, you know. So I feel like from your portion, Alejandra, it's like you lived the stories. So I'm sure you've got a wide range of stories that you can share with us. And Alejandro, you connect with people via stories. So, again, like I would love to hear your thoughts on, say, the topic. And we can go deeper and deeper, you know, as a conversation, because we've got a, a good amount of time, right? But, for example, ¿ustedes piensan que la gente puede decidir qué va a hacer en su vida? Pues eso para mí, um, es, si me permiten empezar, este, es, una, es una combinación, ¿no? O sea, en la vida, porque no se pueden negar los sistemas de la sociedad que existen, sí. uh, que ejercen fuerza sobre uno, ¿no? Y no nada más los sistemas este, de sociedad, like, so it's not just societal systems um, where there are oppression and support in some ways, but there's also things like, uh, random things, car accidents, you're, um, you, you know, you get cancer. I mean, so it's not just the outside external societal forces which may be there, but it's also life events. So for me, um, you know, the, the I, I wanted, I, I do have a little anecdote here, and it's not from far away, a far away country, but about a month ago, I was going into court um, for some reason downtown, and I, at walking out, was a judge that I've practiced in front of haven't seen in a long time, uh, and he's retiring. And um, because I'm kind of in politics, he he did talk about um, stuff, and, and he, was, he raised the issues that he was worried about ethics and kind of where the world was going. Many of us are worried about that. Um, it, 
And, but he was talking specifically about attorneys and professionals like losing their way. Um, and I said, yeah, you always have to remain vigilant, Judge. I, I really agree with that. And he's like, oh, I don't have any concerns about you. I'm not worried about you. And this is a judge that I haven't practiced in front of. This is obviously a, a self. Me estoy alargando yo misma, ¿no? O sea, es una, es una historia positiva. Pero parte de la transformación, creo, que, yo, creo yo, que es importante guardar siempre, resguardarle una fidelidad, una cierta fidelidad a tus valores, ¿no? Mm -hmm. So, like, here's a judge that I haven't practiced in front of years, and we're having this casual 10-minute conversation, and he's like, no, I know you. Like, I'm not worried about that. And that was really meaningful to me, that years later, um, and we'd never talked about my ethics at the time, but when I was practicing, I clearly left a positive impression. And um, so you have to have that fidelity to your values, right? You're transforming and you're growing and, hey, you know, I want to do this and I've got to set up my own business and I'm going to go. But you have to know what you're true to and remain true to that. So remain open to growth and new information. And, hey, I was wrong 10 years ago. Um, you know, politicians get themselves, we all get tangled, like, don't get caught up. I mean, I, I, do you do a lot of that in leadership? I've been wondering about that. Conflict resolution, and also in leadership, hey, what's the harm in saying 30 years ago I said something mm -hmm. stupid? I, it was stupid. I look at that back now, and I say, oh my God, how the heck did I say that? You know, it's too bad that they had cameras, you know, <laughs> like, I wish they hadn't had cameras, or I wish I hadn't put that in writing, you know, like, isn't that part of being a leader, don't you think? I mean, absolutely. I mean, if I tie it to the point that you said about choosing your path, it's, when you think about where you are in life, it's, it's you're choosing things every day. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is, we all have a choice, and maybe inserting the point that you made, it's, it's depending on what's coming your way in life, you're making a choice as to how you respond to it. Hopefully, you have, like she said, some values, but when you think about a path, I think many times in our culture, society, people think that I have this, I, what am I supposed to be, or what is my destiny or my purpose? And that's a hard question, and sometimes people get so caught up in searching for that that they forget to make decisions and, and choices every day, mm -hmm. and they stall themselves Whereas every day can bring you closer to something that you just say, hey, for example, I can choose to say, I, I want to be a generous person. So that's a path. Mm. I'm going to choose to be a generous person. So what can I do today to be generous? There are a lot of things I can do. Now, in the process of being generous, I develop a character trait that regardless of whether I'm a street sweeper, a lawyer, or a leadership development specialist, I'm still a generous person. Mm -hmm. So when you think of path, sometimes people think of career. Am I going to be a doctor? Yeah, yeah. And those things... That's a really good point. Yeah, and passions can change. I used to be very passionate about DJing and music. Mm -hmm. And where that's all I would do. Chicken, <laughs> chicken, right? But that changed, but I didn't change who I am. And what we were talking about earlier, it's, right. it's also identifying who are you and what are your strengths. So, you know, I'm, I'm a person of faith, so I believe people have God-given ability. So what is your gift and are you exploring it and are you developing it? Mm -hmm. Because when you do that, then you'll really be making that impact mm -hmm. because that's how you were built. That's what you were built to do in a sense. But sometimes we're thinking for this mystical, magical destiny and it's, it's you coming into alignment with the feedback that you're getting. So if we're talking about that feedback where you could be wrong about this or that, but hopefully you're getting an age for the, for the folks on the older side 
the benefit I believe we have is you have more dots to connect. You have experiences and you have the, the privilege of looking back at your life and saying, okay, look at all these things and I can connect the dots. For young people, I would say, you have to experiment and, and see, okay, that, that works. I'm good at that. Maybe not so good at that. Or I really enjoy doing this. But if you're driven from this point of what choices am I going to make and making a decision to say, I'm going to be a creative person. I'm going to be a kind person. I'm going to be all of these. I'm going to be a hard worker. So then when you, when you choose that, I think that is choosing your path because when you do that, other opportunities will come because you've already put that in your mind that that's who you want to be. But sometimes if we think about career, I think that's secondary because mm -hmm. passions can change. But who are you as an individual? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually... Great way to put that. Yeah, like that. yeah, absolutely. So that's a conversation that I have with a lot of uh, my employees at work. Uh, I tell them, take away the title. The, let's, just, let's just not focus on the title. I want to write your name. I want you to write your name in the middle and just do an idea dump about the things that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Like even mm -hmm. if they don't feel... Sorry, even if you don't feel that it relates to something... Uh, to work, I want you to put it on paper and let's see if we can connect the dots and help you find something that really fulfills you inside. Because again, the job title, that's not going to do it, you know, and the promotion temporarily, sure, it's going to help you, but long term, what really fulfills you, that's a conversation that I feel a lot of people need to have. But I want to go back to something that you said, Alejandro, you know, the decisions that people make, the questions that they ask themselves in choosing mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to be a good person today. You know, what are your thoughts about, say, for example, my experience, right? You know, I grew up in New York City, uh, in the Bronx, uh, and really... Boogie uh, down. Right. Boogie down. Boogie down. Boogie down. Exactly. Bronx. Right, right. You know, and, you know, just growing up in the Bronx, you know, you, at least for me, you know, I felt like you just grew up in this bubble, and you don't see anything outside of this bubble. And really, your, your question is, how am I going to survive today? You know, and I feel like at the time, I didn't really have a choice to say, I choose to be nice. It was more like, how am I going to make it to school? Like, I actually used to ask myself, like, am I going to get jumped right. from here to school? Yeah. You know, so it's like, how do we then help those people, you know, that are going through that, from your opinions, you know, overcome, you know, th those choices? You know, like, I can tell you for me, and I would love to hear what you guys have to say, but for me... It was important for me to have those mentors in my life. You know, like for example, I remember when I got uh, thrown out of junior high school for fighting. I got kicked out of junior high school, <laughs> and and the men and and the dean at the school told my mom, "Junior has so much more potential, so much more potential than what he gives his credit for." So I wish that this move will help him grow, you know, and, and make and make better decisions. That didn't help me at the time, mm -hmm. but looking back. 15 years, mm -hmm. yeah, 15 years, well, more than 15 years, I'm a lot older. I was going to say, what? You're only one? <laughs> Looking back, X, we'll say X, yeah, we'll say X amount of years, right? <laughs> Looking back X amount of years, I feel like it clicked now, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, like, what do you guys think about that? It's like, how do we, how do we help someone who doesn't know any better and stuck in a bubble? Well, that's, I mean, that is critical. And actually, you, you started to talk, and I'm so glad you raised it, because I was going to challenge you a little bit. And I'm like, you know, one of the things, um, I was in my 30s before I realized this layer of privilege, uh, or the, the many layers of privilege. My people came to this country, um, and not of Native American heritage. So um, my people came to this country voluntarily um, and, uh, and freely. Um, uh, and um, so when you, when you have 
um, people who are on my father's side um, from Sweden, uh, and uh, and I'm sorry, I said voluntarily and legally, um, Sweden and German on one side and uh, Hispanic Mexican on the other side. But you have people who are coming voluntarily and legally, that creates layers of privilege that I didn't know that I had. And my mother, both of my parents were well-educated, another layer of privilege that I didn't have. Healthcare my whole life, another layer of privilege that I didn't know that I had. And so I was gonna challenge, you know, I think it's, it's wonderful to talk about these choices and I think that they are absolutely true. Um, but I do think that we have to recognize that systemic situations, and I'm so glad, because I'm just talking about stuff that I've read or people that I've met, and I'm so glad you're talking about your own life experience, and I would throw it back at you, and you said you're mentors, but right when you got kicked out, let's talk more about you, like what happened at that moment? You get kicked out of high school, and at that point, as a young person, you have um, you know, clearly some authority issues, maybe, you know, we can yeah. speculate, right? There's some authority issues. Definitely. Um, clearly. And so how do you get to a podcast? Like, what was your path? You said the mentors, what else? But you had to make an internal choice because you could have flipped them off, right? You could have been like, whatever, I'm out and, you know, gone in a different path. So I think that internal choice you know, you're a perfect, you're a live case, man. You know, uh, <laughs> tell us. What when, a, what a flip it back right? to me. Yeah. We're supposed to be interviewing Alejandra. Alejandra. You know, she's like, well, let's flip it back on you. Yeah, you know, right. um, so a little context and then we can get into it. But yeah. I, I, I love it. I love I it. I think it's a valid, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I would say that for me, the best thing that happened to me and, and my brothers was an unfortunate uh, situation, which is my parents separating. <laughs> and my mom moving to St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So that allowed us to be plucked out of the bubble that I, that, that I just talked about, move into St. Louis, which was completely different and really required us to say, okay, this is different. How are we gonna make it through this now? And start asking ourselves questions like, okay, well, what are we gonna do? Where am I going to work? Because I feel like before that, it was kind of like, Okay, everyone is, so, is, is a security officer, so that's going to be my path. Like everyone that I knew was a security officer at a building, at the college. So I probably would have ended up being a security a officer. Out. Not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. You know what I mean? But right, that would have been right. my path at the time. Right. You know, so I think that uh, what if, if you've listened to the podcast, you probably heard Gabriela and I talk about this a lot. You know, we wanted to create something for people like us. You know, but also people that are not necessarily where we are in our careers, in our growth. Mm -hmm. You know, something that where people can say, oh, wow, look at those guys do it. They look and they sound like me. You know, mm -hmm. like, for example, the idea of the podcast started with two things. Number one, me being in different meetings and realizing that I was the only person that looked and sounded like me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then number two, me joining HLI, mm -hmm. you know, and seeing all the leaders, mm -hmm. all the untapped leaders mm -hmm. that were in the community, all the role models, all the right. mentors that could really have an impact on the next generation, you know, or someone who is this generation, but just not realizing, mm -hmm. you know, what he or she's going to do next. They haven't had the wrong okay, I'm an attorney, yet. so I'm going to press you. Um, yeah, yeah. Non-responsive. Um, I, I talked to you about your choice. Like, what choice did you make? How did you say, I'm worth it? Which is, I think, the base mm -hmm. of that, right? Mm -hmm. You have to say... I'm worth something better. So that happened to you. Mm -hmm. Your your parents separated. Something that happened to you. The, you. Your mom chose St. Louis. Something that happened to you. But how did you choose 
fantastic answer, but I still want more. How did I want to dig to that choice? Like, how did you choose? I am worth a you know something more than what I've been given. You know, this may not be the answer that you're looking for, but um, <laughs> it took a lot of people choosing for me. You know, like oh. for example, one of those choices was to fire me. Uh-huh. You know, someone uh-huh. choose to fire me. Uh-huh. You know, and again, That's like it, it, like it took those choices, other people making those choices for me, uh-huh. for me to start asking myself, well, what do I want? Mm-hmm. What do I want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I feel, in just speaking from personal experience, I don't know that I would have asked myself the questions that I've asked myself right. after those experiences had those things not happened and right. had those people not made those choices for me first. Right. So I almost feel yeah. like sometimes we have to go through things yeah. to learn. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you all know Judy Ryan, but I know you do. But mm-hmm. I've been working with her, and one of the questions that we talk a lot about, or two of them, is what do I want? And how do I feel about it? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if it's a Latino thing or just a thing that mm-hmm. we don't ever ask ourselves mm-hmm. or very few of us really spend the time saying, well, what do I want? Right? My mom wants me to go to school. Right. My counselor wants me to do this. But mm-hmm. what do I want? And I think that those are the little patches of the quilt that lead to the transformation or to finding that passion. Pero qué, qué impresionante es eso lo que estás diciendo, porque y creo que también eh, liga muy bien con lo tuyo, del de liderazgo, porque estás hablando de cosas que te pasaron, que una que la gente normalmente diría es negativo, ¿no? Uh-huh. Me echaron de la escuela, se separaron mis papás, se, uh-huh. se mudó mi mamá a una ciudad que yo no conocía, este me, me, despidieron, me despidieron, ¿se dice? Sí, sí me despidieron, eh, me despidieron de mi trabajo, todo eso es negativo, 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 y sí, definitivamente cosas que estaban pasando, respondiendo a tu comportamiento que te hizo luego eh, analizar tu propio com- uh-huh. com- comportamiento, ¿no? Sí. Y de ahí viene luego... La, decis- la decisión del liderazgo voy a, a um, mentor voy a no sé si mentor es eso que voy a decir yo si me preguntas a mí te voy a mandar el Spanglish Spanglish están mentoreando a la generación que sigue voy a ser líder pero nadie dice voy a ser líder pero digo poca gente no entonces qué interesante de dónde nace el liderazgo and I want to kind of maybe go to the point that dancer that you said because and this is something that I've that I've learned over time through through study and obviously talking to a lot of people, but it's this whole concept, and maybe to answer your question about choice, we all have a choice, and not choosing is a choice. So when you said that decisions were made were made for me, it's true, but you just uh-huh. you didn't decide, right. and that was a choice. Uh-huh. And it goes back to uh, you know Victor Frankl, you know who wrote this book uh, where he was in a concentration camp and in Germany. Uh-huh. And he talked about, uh, th- he saw the people who survived and who didn't. Right. And the premise is that the one thing they cannot take away from me is my ability to choose. Yeah. So everybody could be dying, but I can still choose. And maybe addressing the point, I'm not saying that we should not address systemic mm-hmm. racism, which obviously this country has to deal with. Mm-hmm. However, we do have a choice as to how we respond. Mm-hmm. To anything in life, mm-hmm. so and I, and I believe that we live we live in a culture that's addicted to certain expectations, and when the expectations don't happen, since we're addicted to them, we find all of these other things that cannot meet that. So we kind of act it out mm-hmm. because we're as opposed to saying, okay, that didn't go my way. 
<laughs> now, I have a choice as to how I respond to that, but many times, if we don't have the tools, we do it inappropriately and then mm -hmm. negatively impact those around us because we don't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but it's still a choice. Regardless, if you're in a concentration camp and everyone's dying, what he said is, I still have a choice as to how I will choose my mind frame today. That cannot be taken away from me as a human being, mm -hmm. even in a prison, in a concentration yeah, but camp. but how many people have that strength? I mean, it, yeah. Lord, it, I gotta tell you, I was, um, I mean, with the situation, and, and you know you had me on this podcast, so politics was gonna come up a few times. It's all but, good. You know, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, we have uh, a horrible situation, obviously, with the children being separated. Um, and and I was, uh, I, I'm taking care of my mom. I, and I, don't, I don't mean to keep saying that, but I just, it's um, gonna be Friday to Sunday, so I didn't have a chance to eat. I had two, um, uh, hour, a two-hour window, and so I'm like, my yard looks awful, so I was weeding, and I'm like, how weird is it? It was surreal to me to be weeding my front yard while there are children, and, and it's happening, and our tax dollars in the whole situation, you know? So, it, I like, I don't know. I felt, I cannot imagine having the strength of living. I feel overwhelmed sometimes with what we're experiencing right now, um, we're which removed. I think, you know, yes, so actually being in it, I cannot imagine like the pictures being one of those individuals. But then you were talking about racism and I, I've mentioned systemic things, you know, the school to prison pipeline. This mm -hmm. isn't this isn't something new that affects um, you know, black and brown children adversely where you have children being disciplined inappropriately mm -hmm. in the third or fourth grade already putting putting them on a path. And see I know I feel like I don't want I'm not trying to put you on the uh, on the spot, um, Junior, but um I do think that that happens, that there was systemic oppression. You were talking about getting kicked out. And hey, I don't know. I, you know, I got spanked five or really six times it. by my mom. And oh, I, I was a bad kid. There's no question about it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, was I got spanked a bad, couple bad, times. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, like, if, I don't know what this is, but we do know that it does also happen systemically, right? right? You know, it does also happen systemically. And so, you know, like, um, maybe you did deserve to, totally deserve to get kicked out or like, you know, I was saying I got spanked and, and a couple times by my, and I, like I was doing something wrong like my mom you know whatever I mean it's not how you parent today but um but uh um you know the thing of it is is that you did respond to life in a different way in a way that to my mind and the adversity that I've experienced and even now um I, the reason I believe I'm I've been invited is fight fight I mean I think there's some of us that choose to resist, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, Joan Lipkin that did this uppity theater right here locally where they read yeah. the Mueller report. Yes. Loved it. I yes. wasn't there because I was actually at a Hispanic festival, but um, with my family. Uh, but uh, I, so I missed that event, but I would have loved to have gone. They also did, you know, famous actors did it and stuff and, and, and read that. Um, so your resistance may come in the form of gardening and weeding, and my yard is going to be the best-looking yard. You know, all this stuff is going on, and I'm going to, or it's going to be I'm going to read the Mueller report, or it's going to be I'm going to have podcasts, and we are going to reach out to young folks because I know. But those are choices that we are making, We, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and just, I don't know. I, I don't honestly know what could lead people to just, lay down arms and I'm just gonna try to make it through the day somehow. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I just think if I lost my my hope that our actions could change reality, um, I just don't know what I would do. 
Yeah, but think about what we've all had stuff happen to us. How do you how do how have each of you reacted when when things don't go your way? You know, what is what are those <laughs> what's in your toolbox that yeah. we could share yeah. with other people yeah. because even though mm-hmm. we are in a position of power and we've had certain successes, we still mm-hmm. suffered. Absolutely. We still had Absolutely. things to do yeah. to get to the to where we are right now. And, you know, I I'll, I mean maybe I'll take that and then and then pass it off to to Alex, but I think that's one of the things to understand that that's how that's what life is. That life is difficult, and when you understand that, you can begin to transcend it. There's this book called The Path of Least Resistance. That's the very first line. It's, life is difficult. It said, but once you apprehend and understand that, then you can transcend it, because that's what life is. It, it, but sometimes we feel like we're supposed to be happy all the time, and that's just right. not what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just right. not reality. Right. And now, it's so dangerous with kids, the way we're raising them today, which I'm really trying to. I'm sorry, I don't mean to grab that, but you're absolutely right. Those expectations you were talking about. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't tell kids everything's okay all the time, because then they're going to hit 18 and go to college or whatever, and the world is going to come up and punch them in the face. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to get your kids mm-hmm. to not to, to duck, yeah. duck? <laughs> like the world is gonna yeah. want to punch Color you. Your face. Yeah, like go like this, man. You know. And, oh, well, so you're I, right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to grab. No, the I, mic I, from I, you, I think it's a great point. And but it's 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 us being able to teach. Like you're saying, what are the toolkits, or mm-hmm. what do you do? Now, for me, again, because I'm a person of faith, for me, God is a thing that influences me immensely as to how I deal with that. Because that's I, I put hope in the fact that there's I have a relationship with God as a Christian. So. That has helped me spiritually because, again, sometimes people get, get scared around it. But, you know, we have a spiritual dimension, uh-huh. a physical dimension. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to think about those things. Now, having said that, the tools that are in alignment also with, with my faith, but, but are also what I would call secular tools, again, are how you think. Because when you go through the darkest times... It is hard. I think we should we should be clear to say you will feel sad, depressed. Mm-hmm. You'll feel like killing yourself sometimes. I've felt that uh, in those darkest moments. But with the tools, it's what am I thinking? Am I ruminating continually on that story? What is the story, the story that I'm telling myself? Am I telling myself that I'm no good? Or am I telling myself that I'm a failure? Am I identifying my emotion? Can I say, you know what? I'm feeling rejected right now. I went through a divorce that for me was the hardest thing in my life. Just because of the nature of it, it was very, it was, it was very extremely tough. But what I learned to do was, in those moments of depression, was to say, identify what I'm feeling, and I would say, "Wow, I'm feeling rejected," or "I'm feeling that I'm less than a man." Instead of just being mad. Instead of just being mad, and yeah. then once I identified it, then I could tell myself a different story. And now, from a faith perspective, I could say, "Well, you know." I'm definitely someone that God loves and someone that my mom loves and all these people love and someone that has added value to his community. Mm -hmm. So it changes your story because remember, you are what you think about most of the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You are what you think about most of the time. So if you're telling yourself something that's a story that's not true, you will begin to live from that. And and and, and I'll challenge anybody on on that. Mm -hmm. So once you change that inner monologue that you have right. and identify, oh, I'm feeling this way, then you can put your finger on it and say, well, you know, that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe that tool is transformational mm-hmm. because it, it because once your mind has changed, then it will impact the way you show up in, in, in with other people. But don't get me wrong, 
you're going to be feeling really, really bad some days mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's just like a cut. Emotional wounds are just like physical mm -hmm. wounds. It's like when I went through that, it's like somebody took my heart out, ripped it out, you know, Indiana Jones, and, ah, put it out on fire. <laughs> and I was feeling like that. Mm -hmm. But it's when I'm in that depressed state, what are the tools? What am I doing? What am I reading? What am I saying? And, and it's having that discipline, those rituals that will get you through. And, and, and the last one I'll say is having a group of people that support you. Right. you as Latinos, I think we, we don't, we didn't have access to, I think, maybe even mental health tools or the way we look at us. Para la gente blanca o, you know, sí. Puerto Rico. Sí. Para la gente loca. Aquí la boca, no se hace eso. Aquí no. Aquí con correa. Pero, pero si uno tiene acceso a esos servicios, it, it's, I, I had to get counseling. And it made a huge difference. We have to use those, those resources. Well, and, then, and, you know, to that point, I was going to, uh, you know, um, you brought it up, and I'm really glad you did because, uh, you know, of the ability, right? Not all of us have the neurochemical balance mm -hmm. um, to be able to, I mean, if you're clinically depressed, you may not be able to say, hey, how am I, I'm going to take a walk and feel better, you know, right? And so it's important, obviously, to recognize that and what resources might be available, medications might be needed, uh, and so forth. Um, but certainly... Um, when you have an adversarial experience, you mentioned it. You stole my answer. No, <laughs> um, the uh, the love. I mean, knowing okay, I experienced this, and even from your own parents, right? That might not have been perfect because none of us are. And okay, you know, uh, my mom lost it on me this morning, but um, or every time I did X, you know, if I interrupted her phone call or whatever parents do, you know, like they. Um, but she loved me in this way and I was worthy of love. You know, that teacher thought I was worth those extra, you know, 30 minutes after school once a week or whatever it was that one person thought that I was, um, was worth it. And I keep coming back to that. That comes, I think that comes from having received some love, which looping back to the children, the no hugging policies and the attachment. I have a friend who's a therapist and she's, mm -hmm. um, she's actually Rick Hines girlfriend. Um, and she was posting on, um, uh, uh, that attachment disorder is what they're doing. I mm -hmm. mean, like they're creating attachment disorder mm -hmm. and, and the, the enormous problems. But if we, you are lucky enough to have some, you know, some of that love, this, the thing for me in terms of the transformational element in my life, uh, has been somehow, and whether it's divine intervention or enough people around me, um, karma, you know, um, uh, I don't know what, uh, but feeling power, like knowing that I have power, somehow realizing that I have power, agency to change, even, mm -hmm. you know, to say, no, you're bothering mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. um, to say, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna walk out of this job. Like this job is not treating me correctly. Um, to, you know, to whatever, like have that sense of, of agency that you can, mm -hmm. and if, if there's anything that you're talking about having in a toolkit, um, that I think we, we are, so many of us are lacking is that sense of power and you okay. have power. Every mm -hmm. one of us has power. I know that there's uh, like intimate partner violence um, when women leave abusive men, their uh, likelihood of getting killed goes up, I think, seven times. Mm. So there's some realities um, that I'm not dismissing or pretending I'm not there, but leave eight times. 
You know, like at the first, if they're if they're going to come after you, um, I, I said that statistic wrong, but just keep leaving, get out. Mm-hmm. You have the power, um, and and if it means, you know, sneaking out at night or saving up the dimes from the laundry or whatever, um, and I, and I know those situations can be very difficult. I'm not in any way making light of them, but you have power. Know that you have power, and maybe you are in such a difficult situation where it's just your mindset that you're that you have power over, but you do, you have power, and we have so much voting power and collective power, and I'm union all the way, you know, like collective power is is how, um, and coalitions across groups, uh, LGBTQIA, African American, Hispanic American, what would have happened, and I say this respectfully because I'm speaking in a Latinx space, but what would have happened if every Latino who had power over uh, an African-American child, if they were a teacher or a, uh, an administrator of some kind, had broken the school-to-prison pipeline. If everybody who was LGBTQIA said, hey, I'm going to break this oppression. If everybody who was cisgender and hetero said, hey, I'm going to break this oppression. I, this doesn't affect me, but I'm standing in the way of that. I'm going to break that oppression. What would happen? I think we'd live in a different world, and I'm fully convinced we have that capacity. I know that as human beings, we have that. And how do we energize ourselves to go and do it? Because I I agree with um, Alejandro about the perspective that you look at your life. Like what lens do you use? Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times I think not knowing that we have power is one of those limiting beliefs. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do we, how do we how do I use my power? I mean, because I mean, a lot of the situations that you mentioned, I've been through that as well. Mm. Um, honestly, I'm 50 years old and I just realized in the last year that I have power. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, okay, I have all these degrees and I did all this stuff. How do other people function when it took me so long to do so? Mm. Um, but a lot of it is, like Junior said, having the right people with you feeding your brain the right information. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're in a, obviously I was in problematic relationships, so I was getting the not the right information. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in general, how do we grab the power? Mm-hmm. Well, A, I'm sorry, I did not know. So I oh, hope that nothing I, I said no, was I'm, I'm good. triggering or problematic, no. you know. Um, um, I don't know. You want to take this one? That's a hard one. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to, you're a leadership trainer. Well, I feel like you have a better answer. I'm going to go back to this and, and, and say that maybe now we're shifting to this point of, of, of influence. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And also like what you're saying is, is maybe comparisons. I, I'll put influence, comparisons, and fear. The most debilitating, I believe, emotion is that of fear. Mm-hmm. So when people have fear, they become paralyzed and they believe they don't have any power. And think about the conversations sometimes that we have, like, for example, in disciplining a child or teaching somebody, so don't do that. You know, you have a piano player. I'm going to have a, a band teacher I had. You play the wrong note. He hit you with a, with, with, with a drumstick. <laughs> don't play that note. What? When we understand how our mind works, we know that we cannot learn if we're afraid. And we're sometimes creating environments in relationships, in jobs. There's a lot of leaders who rule with an iron hand. Well, they and have too much power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too much power. So there is no what we call psychological safety for people to share their meaning mm-hmm. because they feel that they're going to be punished, that you're going to be made fun of, even in schools, right? If you say if you say the wrong answer, <laughs> you know, people make fun of you. 
So we're not creating the psychological safety within relationships, communities. So then people are silent and then we cannot leverage the intelligence of the room or the community. Uh -huh. The crowd is going to be smarter if you leverage them. But most of the time we're so opinionated on our belief yep. that I'm just going to shut you down. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm going to agree with you. I'm not here to say that either. But maybe there is a third option that we could create. But that's never going to happen if we don't create safety to have dialogue where people feel like they can share their meaning. So when you think about power, it, it, I think it goes into that is saying, how are we able mm -hmm. to create an influence, right? But create an environment where there is safety mm -hmm. that people can share their meaning, mm -hmm. that people can be vulnerable and share what they're afraid of right. or their ideas mm -hmm. or, or their mm -hmm. insights and feel like they're being heard. Because most of the time, I think a lot of people are not necessarily so caught up in being agreed with as much as they want to be heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's very powerful. So I... So we, Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, that. just a follow-up question then. Would you say as leaders, because I mean, the tone is set at the top, um, that that it's a critical quality then to listen. If, if people just need to be heard, maybe not agreed with, I mean, then listening must be a very important aspect of leadership. No? Or I mean, what do you think? But it's active listening, and, and that's active. the thing is that many yes. times we're saying, sometimes you're just you're hearing, but you're not listening. Uh -huh. And active uh -huh. listening is not just going, uh huh. Now that's part of it. Okay. Uh -huh. Oh, right. Is that right? But it's also right saying when they say something you don't agree with. It's not already coming up with your argument to right. let me knock you down because it's it's having a. a Pure motives. Mm -hmm. We say that, and this is from Crucial Conversations, great book, transformational book. I think everyone should read it. But it's your behavior or your motive deteriorates way before your behavior does. And what do I mean by that? I, one guy today, he asked me to coach him. He took a Crucial Conversations workshop that I did. He said, Alejandro, man, I went home and I got into something. My neighbor, it was a situation with his neighbor. And he's like, I just took this class. I'm going to use these skills. You know, and he said he went over there because the neighbor was putting this gazebo and he had this bright light. And and he said over there, and he went to the neighbor and said, hey, man, can you turn that light like down? Because that's going to be too loud. Already telling somebody what to do as opposed to asking. And say, hey, Harry told him what to do. The guy just jumped back and said, yeah, when your dog starts bar stops barking loud enough, then I'll turn it down. And then he's like, oh, whatever. And he's like, man, like, what happened to all those skills I just learned? But when we say about active listening, uh -huh. active listening is, is learning to look. It, first of all, is it safe to bring this up right now? I used to be the type that no, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out tonight. I don't care how I'm bang, I don't care how late we stay up. You gonna I'm following the person across the aisle. No, we're gonna talk about this. And there wasn't safety there. Right, right. So what I'm saying is, mm -hmm. active listening is is are you looking for people to feel safe? And then when they say something as a punch in the face, sort of like you don't want to apologize. Well, it's about time. And then oh well, that's what I get for apologizing. And then it goes downhill, right? But do you have enough control of your emotions that maybe you do that and they do come back? that you're aware and say, well, you know what? They're not feeling safe because that's how they responded. Right. Uh -huh. Because I believe you can, you can talk about almost anything to almost anyone if you make them feel safe. Right. Yeah. How do you do that? What techniques do you use? Well, this is what we're talking about is some of this active listening and saying when somebody starts berating you, you don't berate right back. Mm -hmm. or, or, or you ask first as opposed to accuse. You know, how many times leaders come, I'm just tired of your 
bad attitude, slacking on the job. Mm -hmm. We don't ever state facts, or we rarely state facts. Mm -hmm. Never that would be a lie, right? So, mm -hmm. if I say, you know, Junior, I noticed that in the last three meetings, you haven't said anything and you haven't asked any questions, and you've showed up twenty minutes late to both of those meetings. Mm -hmm. I'm beginning to think that maybe you're not engaged, or that maybe you don't like what we're talking about. Uh, but I could be wrong. Is that right, or can you tell me what's happening? Mm -hmm. You see how now I'm I'm stating facts. I'm not calling him lazy. I'm just saying you've shown up two times, he, and he can't argue that. Right, right. And I'm sharing my meaning and saying I'm believe I'm beginning to think that maybe you don't want to be part of this team. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Is that is that what's going on? And now I'm asking because mm -hmm. I'm sharing what my meaning is. Right. But I'm asking: Is that right, or do I have? Am I missing something? Mm -hmm. Now, hopefully, he's feeling some safety to share what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's an it's an art and a science, obviously. I mean, right. you know, it, it, people are dynamic, right? And yeah. I think this is detrimental because when I talk about power, it's not just about our own power, but when we talk about political power, influence power. Um, we need right. to figure out how we're going to be able to come together, like you said, reach across the aisle and use the power for good. Mm -hmm. See, I'm not at reaching across the aisle point. I mean, I think for me... <laughs> <laughs> Keep it real. <laughs> it's funny. No, I tell you what... I just love how I have say, yeah, so I, I'm, not, I'm not that person. So. <laughs> She's true to herself. <laughs> Show your meaning, girl. Yeah. Yes. My truth, my yes. truth, right? Yes. Um, so I... Uh, I'm sorry, Junior, am I sitting in the right spot? I, I'm not in your space. He keeps, like, waving. You're good, you're like, good. Um, so, uh, you know, I have prided myself for um, my entire life of being able to have those conversations. Um, persuasion skills are obviously part of being an attorney, kind of, I think, no matter what area of law you're in, right? Um, so that is, is definitely something that I've always prided myself being able to hear um, and, and uh, uh, actively listen, like try to understand the other person's position. Um, possibly try to persuade them to my, usually trying to persuade them to my point of view. Um, if I'm honest. She's so honest. So honest. Authentical. But the children, I mean, I think that, that I keep coming back to it, but I think there are lines um, to what society can and should accept, and there are lines mm. that, that, that there are boundaries there. And if you've crossed them and you're comfortable crossing them, then I'm more interested at this point in, in all areas of my life. I mean, I, I had a conversation with you uh, professionally uh, just talking right now, like, hey, estate planning, this is something if you haven't thought about it, I need you to think about it. And li listen, there's like a thousand attorneys out there, so, so don't come to me if you don't feel comfortable or whatever. But it's something that we need to be thinking about mm -hmm. because... We are individuals acting within a system, and my area of law specifically I probably all areas of law, but um, specifically addresses like the intergenerational wealth gap and other problems that we need to solve. And the only way to solve it is that you know people who have enough assets to share need to think about how that's going to transfer to the next generation, mm -hmm. right? So activating the people for me in terms of speaking and reaching out it's not across the aisle if you're comfortable with that i'm sorry i just there's very little we obviously see the world very differently and we see humanity more importantly the world never mind humanity we see humanity very differently and and that's okay 
I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm, mine is a small practice. I don't accept every client that calls me or walks through the door, um, and there's a reason for that. I, if I wanted to not be able to say no, I'd work at a big firm and I'd just have to work on the file that they put on my right. desk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to, um, I think you have to draw those lines and be true that we were talking about that authentical, but y- y- you know, you, you can't, I think you can't spend and I wish somebody had told me this. I'm 46 now. I wish somebody had told me this. Yo quisiera haberlo sabido cuando tenía 20 años, porque gasté tanto tiempo tratando de convencer a la gente que ve a la humanidad de manera diferente. La cual, ¿Sabes qué? Lo, los que yo tengo que activar son los que piensan más como yo. Que vemos a la vida de, de la vida que tiene cierto valor. Esa vida, que, porque yo te estoy hablando de tus hijos, yo estoy viéndolo en tus ojos, que estamos conectando sobre lo que yo te estoy diciendo profesionalmente. Tenemos que activar a los que piensan un poco más como nosotros y, des, y convencerlos, convencerlos, los que ya lo sabemos, los que ya te, tenemos los medios que estamos aquí ligados con la, con la Cámara de Comercio que tenemos así, agarrar a la gente y decirle, oye hijo, tú tienes poder y uh-huh. necesito que votes, necesito uh-huh. que le digas a tu jefe, necesito uh-huh. que, qué sé yo, porque tú haces muchas cosas con lo de negocios, que necesito que tú le ayudes a la gente uh-huh. eh, a, a formar su propio negocio, esta mujer tiene que salir de este matrimonio, tenemos que sacar a estos niños, mi sobrino, muchas veces que ves una situación y la gente que dice, que habla, oye, podemos cuidar a mi, a mi sobrino, que mi hermana está teniendo problemas, gente que decide vamos a, pues, quizás comamos a veces a más, a pos- sí, vamos a comer más o menos, pero siempre juntos, o sea, gente que, que realmente, y los que sabemos, tenemos que agarrar a los que no saben y, y decírselos, y uh, fuerte a veces, si tiene que ser, ¿no? Like, you have to, like, I think those of us that are activated have to be reaching out to the, whether it's to non-voters or to your friend, you have to, you know, you may know this from your own experience. Like, uh, I worked uh, with intimate partner violence, and when people aren't ready to hear what they're, what you want them to hear, they're just not ready. Uh-huh. Like, you know, and you're like, get out, get out, and they may not be able to at that point, right? Um, within themselves or the circumstances. So there is that part about reaching into where people are, and you may have some insights too, like meeting people where they are. But at the same time, at the very least, planting those seeds. Mm-hmm. You have the power. Mm-hmm. And it might not come to fruition for 20 years, but you might, that might be the person that walks up on a sta- stage and gives a speech that, like, fires up a thousand people. And it's because of some conversation you had with them 20 years ago mm-hmm. in line at the bathroom at the movie theater, and you said something. You know what? That actually happened to me. I was at a park on a play date, and a grandma, like a year later, and we talked about like tiny houses because I'm really big into the environment and all that, and kids and stuff. And I ran into her, and she was like, "Oh my God, you changed my life! I sold my house, I got a different <laughs> job." And I was, you know, listen, I was just saying stuff, and she was at a obviously I hadn't seen her. She did all of that work herself. But you never know. You're having yeah. these conversations. We don't know who's listening to this right now, mm-hmm. who's listening to hear a, a highly qualified professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and those words might, but how do you do that? Uh, how do you meet somebody when you're a teacher? You know, if your kid doesn't know how to do that math, you can't teach them calculus. It's not going to work. So how do you go to where that person is and say, you have power in whatever? Well, uh, it, it's, I'm, I'm going to go back to the, the things I've been talking about. Uh, 
earlier and it's, it's saying maybe depending where that person is, mm -hmm. what is that area of interest? Because I believe you got to get some wins, uh -huh. quick wins. They have to see. I remember when, when you learn to play an instrument, a good teacher, I remember the best teacher I had when I learned to play bass was, will you learn to play a song the first day of class? First day of class, you learn to play a song. Why? Because that motivated me to say, now nah, I want to play this instrument. But when you're with the teacher, okay, you got to learn these scales. Mm -hmm. And you're not playing music. Why am I playing bass? Because mm -hmm. I want to play with a band. Mm -hmm. That's what I, you know. So I don't understand about all these scale things. But if you play, if you show me how to play a song, and then you can tell me, and if you learn these scales, you can play these other songs. So many times I think it's seeing. Mm -hmm. What is important to that person, or like, what do they value? What do they value, mm -hmm. and where do we make those connections? And I think that's the power of the network. Like, do they do they know? Do they have access to somebody that intrigues them, or may, they may be curious about? And, and then they can begin that process because now you have them. It's it's you have to attract them with something. Yeah. And I think any kind of teaching that we have, most of the time, are we lecturing kids or or, or people, mm -hmm. as opposed to giving them opportunities that are going to be engaging to them. And, and the, the point that I maybe make as far as what, what, maybe a last point on what she said about experiences is sometimes we beat ourselves up about it. I think the other way to look at it is... About failures, you mean? Or? Your failures, or, or like you said, you could be in an abusive relationship, the oh, person that was 20 years or whatnot. Uh, another, a, a way to also look at it, too, is like you said, we all go through things in life. If we look at it maybe as building material, though, and say, I'm going to take this experience, though. And now, again, it's a choice to say, what do I learn from it? Mm. And how do I use this as building material to create my future? I can tell you that no, because of my notes. divorce. <laughs> no, but I, I'm just saying because of my divorce, I feel that the learning. Now, it's my choice. If, if my Remember we talked about earlier, if my thinking is not right, if, if my story is different, I'm going to go back and do the same thing. A lot of people will marry an abusive person one, twice, three, four times. Because they haven't changed. Mm -hmm. But if you take an, an experience and then really make the choice to learn from it mm -hmm. and say, okay, what can I learn from it? And that's a discipline. Mm -hmm. You can change and then it can become building material for your future. You could be that person that's on stage. How am I going to talk to uh, divorced couples or, or not divorced couples, a divorced guy about the pain of divorce if I didn't go through it? Yeah. But if I went through it, extremely painful, learned, mm -hmm. got some tips, and then had some sex in, uh, success in a different relationship or, whatever, or in life, mm -hmm. now I have building material that I can use to encourage someone and how do we change someone one person at a time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we begin to change community, we can begin to change families, mm -hmm. right? But it's, it's what am I doing within my locus of control and within my circle of influence. Right, mm -hmm. right. And I love that about how do you look at the life that you've lived or the experiences que uno ha tenido sí. como material para hacer una vida mejor o otra vida o ayudar a la comunidad, mm -hmm. ¿no? Mm -hmm. So, um, similar to you, capítulo. Yeah, yeah, so similar to you, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast about failing forward or mm -hmm. um, yeah. so many different ways to, to fail positively mm -hmm. because that was a learning experience that either forced you to make a, a better decision mm -hmm. or forced you to look at your life differently. Right, mm -hmm. so kind of Absolutely. what you were getting at with Junior, right? Mm -hmm. So you got kicked out of school, then what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for a while, he didn't choose anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I was at Mizzou, you know, first time away from my house. <laughs> so you can imagine, <laughs> right, <laughs> right before Christmas, my counselor's like, 
<laughs> you either need to get your stuff together or don't come back. <laughs> or pack up. Right. right. <laughs> or just pack. Just pack it up. And so that was like a, a decision for me, like you said, mm-hmm. where you have to decide, am I going to go home beto- with a tail between my legs? Mm-hmm. The first, you know, the first one in your family to ever go to school and do anything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. So at that time you choose. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I failed that first semester. I mean, yeah. I told my kids all the time, it's like, I'm not proud of it, but... I was flunking out. Absolutely. Yeah. But it, it took someone to remind me yeah. or mm-hmm. help me see, like, what do you really want to do with your life? Yeah. Right. Um, you have a choice. We can help you get back on track. But if you're not committed, mm-hmm. don't yeah. waste anybody's time. And your teacher, it's interesting, you know, your advisor that was saying that and the principal. Um, and, and you think, like, if you're a, a a boss with any kind of heart, obviously firing somebody is going to be difficult for any reason, right? Um, and uh, to think, like, they, pro- he or she probably thought, um, all of those people probably thought, oh, man, you know, I just don't want to kick this ki- kid out. Or, you know, I'm going to kick this kid out because he's just, you know, disruptive, but it, it may not be good. But like that principal saying, maybe it'll be good for him. And when you're boss, you think you're hmm. maybe setting that boundary is actually yes. sometimes can be very helpful. And yes. I've seen this with judges who I thought were frankly too lenient sometimes. Um, mm. And then other judges just came in and said, you know, no, like this just isn't going to fly. And and, yep. and it was wow. difficult. And, and obviously as an attorney, I zealously advocated for that not to happen. But <laughs> but stepping back as a, as, a, as a human saying, I don't know, it might, may just be time to tell this kid because mm-hmm. of the path. Mm-hmm. The path that we're, it's like I have enough distance to say if so, if somebody doesn't stop him or her now, mm-hmm. then it's going to get to the point where it's it's too late. Like that the ship has sailed and there's nothing that can be done. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, again, like you advocate, but if, on the inside, um, you might sometimes be thinking, I hope that, that this is a wake-up call. You know, because yeah. the facts are the facts. I can't change the evidence. Um, if I can, I, I can. I actually won a lot of my trials. But, um, you know, uh, if, if I can persuade people to see my uh, version or my vision of the events, that's, I will do that. But you have to also hope that maybe it is a wake-up call. Because if you keep going on this path, mm-hmm. it's going to be a problem. Yeah. I think that one of the things that really... Uh, changed my life with the mentors and the people that I had in my life is, you know, going back to what uh, you Alejandro said about the choices uh, and you Alejandro also is like sometimes you don't know what the choices are. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it takes experiences and it takes mentors and it takes a lot of mistakes to expand the list of choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, now you went from, you know, either choice A or choice B. Now you've got A, B, C. Mm-hmm. You know, or now you have A through E, you know, and so now I've got different choices that I can make, but I didn't know I can make these choices, you know, but thank you. Thanks to this, um, these experiences. Now I know mm-hmm. I've got more, you know, or it right. continues to grow. So I feel like, you know, I think, I feel like we've landed on the idea that, you know, sure. Yeah. You have your own personal responsibility and what happens to you and the choices that you decide to, to make, but we also collectively have an impact. On, on, on the people around us. And we should be looking out to you know influence. I know you were saying that you want to bring them to your side, but still we have to realize that we have the power to do that. Right. You know, and having uh, approaching someone who, who may not be ready at the time, but planting that seed to what you say, Alejandra, mm. that may add another, ch- 
choice to their multiple choices mm-hmm. of decisions that they can make in the future. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. I absolutely love the the direction that this conversation went. Um, I we purposely were vague and just gave you. You know, uh, kind of like that. a <laughs> sentence because we, we were curious like, to know. Transformation. Oh, you know, like yeah. part. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- this is on purpose. Part of us creating this podcast, Gabriela and I, is like we want to hear from the leaders. We want to hear of the things that shift their minds, that inspire them, that get them fired up. You know, and us putting this topic in the table and really letting the two of you guide us. You know, and just us providing input every now and then. It was all intentional. So. I want to acknowledge how authentic the two of you were <laughs> during this conversation. Yeah, authentic, all right. And sharing, and sharing those examples, like, you're shame, shame, shamelessly authentic, Alejandra, you know? And for you to open up the way that you did, Alejandra, I mean, our viewers, but us also, like, thank you so much for doing that, the two of you. Wow. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Yes, it's an honor, actually. So we hope that our viewers benefited uh, from today's uh, live podcast. Uh, and I like to put it back on the two of you now because I'm curious to know something that we ask our guests is what autentico means for them, right, or to them. So you know, que, eh, el que quiere empezar no importa, pero si me pueden decir para ustedes, eh, mira Gabriela, <laughs> you know, para ustedes qué significa cuando tú oyes la palabra autentico o autentica, ¿no? Para ti. Pues una cosa de, en, la, en lo que estoy yo tratando de trabajar mucho en mi vida um, es en uh, es algo que siempre me ha preocupado la verdad es integridad no mm-hmm. like integrity mm-hmm. so when you're being authentic having that integrity to whatever it is um, that you're doing you know if you are a parent if you are a business owner if you are a politician having your values, those core values we were talking about, and maintaining integrity in, um, you know, another way to put it might be to do your due diligence. Ser diligente en todo lo que estás haciendo, ¿no? Y tratar de, que si estás lavando platos, que queden limpios, ¿no? O sea, si eso es lo que estás haciendo. Si estás escribiendo algo, alguna tesis doctoral, si te estás sacando la maestría, si eres un líder, estar ahí porque mucho y estábamos bromeando pero muchas veces estoy en llamadas o lo que sea y en Facebook you no know? o sea mm-hmm. o lo que sea yo hago eso mucho porque bueno <laughs> like I'm on, yeah. I'm, in, I'm on calls all the time and I'm on, like in, or in meetings yeah. that where I'm less you know sometimes I'm actively participating but sometimes but I don't know how much integrity I'm I mean how much is my actual if I'm how my parenting how authentic is my parenting mm-hmm. then to what extent am I acting with integrity if I'm totally zoned out? Now, sometimes you need to. Like, you know, your kids, go play. I'm about to die here. I'm just going to sit for five minutes. So, you know, when you need it, you need it, right? But when it's it's just pulling you away, um, uh, but that could be in any in any area of your life. Like I said, wash it. Just being, acting with integrity in whatever I'm doing, whatever area. That's mm. what I'll Nice. Yeah. At this point in my life. Wow. Yeah, that that, that I, I love that. I think that's a great answer. That's a hard one to follow. Uh, <laughs> I guess what I'll just say is is again, you know, in, in, from a spiritual perspective, this is one one thing that we say specifically about being a Christian. Right? It says that the analogy they say it's it's a beggar 
telling another beggar where to find bread. <laughs> and, and when I think about that authenticity, right, it's saying that we're, we're living our life and we've made choices. So for me, authenticity is I've made a choice to live this way, but also being real to say some days I don't need it. Because I'm a beggar, and it's, you know, they're looking for bread, and, 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 I'm, and I'm a flawed individual. But I stand before you as a flawed individual here, open before you, but willing to engage and, and, and create something good. But with my nakedness, if you will, before, I, I think it's hard for people to be naked. And by that, I mean being open and vulnerable, vulnerable. because of what we've been, how we've been treated. But when I think of authentic as someone who shows up in life, Knowing that they don't have it all together, knowing that they need help because we need each other, right? There's no self when I hear, oh, I'm a self made millionaire, bull crap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you had someone that helped right. you in some connections, and there's no yeah. self made people. Someone helped you, right? Okay, your mom gave birth to you, she helped you. <laughs> you know, if you're on earth, someone helped you, you know. <laughs> so, I think that that is the authenticness that, that, that we show up and say, hey, you know what, we're, we're all trying to figure this out, and we all have our foibles and proclivities, mm -hmm. however. I'm open to say, here I am before you. Let's make something happen. Mm. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Love, love it. it. Thank you very much. Seriously, Alejandra, Alejandro. We have the right, yeah, the right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have the right. And then we got Alex in the room. Yeah. <laughs> we got all the A's. Triple A, man. Picture here of all the three. A plus plus. That's right. Yeah, well, we just want to thank you again. Um, sabemos que el tema no fue así que digamos fácil, mm -hmm. pero creíamos, pensábamos que los dos podían con el tema. Y <laughs> parece que sí, obviamente tienen mucha experiencia en su ramo, aunque sean diferentes, están haciendo muchas cosas positivas, similares. Y este, pues queríamos platicar con ustedes para que nos, nos dieran más información. Muchas Oye, gracias. Y nos dieron eso y más, y más, <laughs> y más, <laughs> y más, <laughs> y más <laughs> Lo máximo en <laughs> Este martes a las 7 de la noche, auténtico. <laughs> Recuerda que ya filmaste, so ya vamos a usar eso ya. Anyway, thank you everybody for watching us. We've had a great conversation. We will be uploading the audio tomorrow to all your favorite social media platforms and podcast platforms um, and then if you guys could share the live video we would really appreciate it because we want more people to see the message that both Alejandro and Alexandra have in order to make a better impact bueno, ya saben, ya, ya Gaby dijo, ya, ya Gaby dio, ya Gaby dio las órdenes. Ya Gaby dio las órdenes, ya no hay que seguirla ya. Thank you so much for joining us everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.